This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, let's not forget the poor little old sous chef. <laughs> poor uh, little, I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, well, it reminds me of one time when I was stopped for speeding. I had to go to the court, and uh, the judge said, uh, and what do you do for a living? I said, I, I'm trying to, you know, lessen the charges and so forth. And I said, well, I'm, I'm just a, a poor radio announcer. He said, yes, I've heard you. <laughs> so <laughs> ah, that was a whole big fib. But uh, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Oh, I hope almost. you forgive me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Frank Proctor here with the... Charlie Dobbin, of course, and uh, in the uh, room just uh, dead ahead of us is James Patrick Except Dooley. Not dead, just yes. ahead of us. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, uh, this week he's much better than he was last week, I can tell you that. Uh-huh. Found, and... found him asleep in the chair. Oh, yes. really? Well, you've got to get here so early. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, the poor guy. He was, he was out late, you know. Friday night. Kicking up his heels, uh, sure, yeah. as is his wont. I was going to say, we're just a little mm. old for that. That's why. Uh, you're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, used to be, man. Yeah. I keep up with the best of them, but not anymore. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, welcome along to the show, folks. And my job here is really is to get you to call James. He'll be the first voice you actually talk to, okay? And here are the numbers uh, for Charlie Dobbins' Garden Show. 416 360 0740. That's in Toronto. And then anywhere else in the province, of course, 1 866 740 4740. And that's toll free. We pick up the charges on that one. Yes, we do. And mm-hmm. could it be a better week for gardening? Oh, my God. What, the boy, what went on here? <laughs> this past week has been such a gift. It sure has. And I haven't been sort of watching or paying attention to the, any of the, the news on the weather, but I was catching something this morning, I guess. There's been some funny little air system where we got this high pressure stuck over top of us. Thank goodness. How great was that? But it's been, you know, torrential rain with uh, all kinds of craziness down south of us in the United States. So they've had some big rain. Of course, we are due for a little bit, uh, which might not be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's been hot. It's been dry. It's been great for gardening. Uh, Thank goodness for sunglasses this morning. Yeah, Uh, I'll bet you. It was uh, quite blinding to be out driving (laughs) this morning. So uh, I know I've got lots to do in my garden this afternoon. And uh, You're probably not alone there, you know. uh, Well, you know, we're getting to the time of certain things. And we're going to talk about one of those certain things later when we're joined by our special guest, Liz Primo, is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about garden 
garlic. Oh, because now garlic, is yeah. the time to plant garlic. Oh. And Liz wrote the book, so she's gonna. We're gonna talk a bit about garlic, but in the meantime, a couple of things to just note: uh, the Toronto Botanical Garden. Um, couple of things are going on there. It's a, it's a happening place, eh? The yeah. Toronto Botanical Gardens, Leslie and Lawrence. They've had a farmer's market for the last couple of years on Thursdays, sort of all afternoon mm-hmm. and early evening. Uh, and it's been the kind of farmer's market that closes for the winter. But now, due to popular demand, they're going to keep it year-round. So it'll oh, just move indoors once it gets neat. a little too yeah. cool. So you can continue to get your fresh, organic, you know, straight from the farm, um, veggies, eggs, meats. Um, baked mm-hmm. goods at the Toronto Botanical Gardens every Thursday all year round, which is pretty fun. They've also added a new autumn audio tour. Uh, it allows visitors to fully explore the changing beauty of the gardens. What you do is you go to the gift shop, <clears throat> excuse me, you rent for $5 uh, a little audio device, and when you walk around, <clears throat> you press the numbers, and bottom line is you, you follow, you can make your tour happen any way you want. Right because there are numbers out in the garden and you press the number on the audio device and then you're told the story about what's going on there. And, of course, some plants are just at their blazing beauty right now. Oh, that's that's a neat idea. Yeah, so it's a really neat way to, to sort of explore the gardens with some expertise speaking into your head about what you're seeing. Um, also, some a lot of uh, educational seminars mm-hmm. are happening at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. There's one on photography. Foundations of photography. Learn to use your digital camera with confidence. Uh, it's the basics of digital photography in a friendly atmosphere. Demos, guided exercises. That's on October the 16th at 1 p.m. So that's in four days. And speaking of garlic... October 22nd, or 10 days from now, you can learn what we're, we're going to just really cover a tiny snippet about garlic this, this morning with Liz. But Liz is actually going to be running a workshop at Toronto Botanical Gardens, yep. 1 p.m., October 22nd. Learn something about garlic's fascinating history, its therapeutic value. It's You can sample some tasty varieties. You're going to have a planting demo. You're going to get key tips on growing, maintenance, harvesting, preparation, and storage. Well, there you go. Everything yeah. you want to know, what's going on with the... Uh... That's right. So that's all happening at the Toronto Botanical Garden. Yeah. So just mark those things on your calendar. Okie dokie. All right. And so you know what? email I... I hope to get to at some point, if we can. Okay. We'll see. That's, that's a promise we hope to keep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> promise, not, promise. Not many. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start singing like Dionne Warwick. <laughs> promises, promises. Da, 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 do, 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 do. Let's okay. go to Enos. <laughs> no, let's... I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, let's we not. We have to. Do first, our exercises first, Charlie. I forget. You are just, I just get so getting carried away. I know. <laughs> I gotta settle you down. Give you a bowl of Valium soup or something. No, so, no. I've <laughs> taken my Sierra Sil, and well, that's giving me all kinds of pain-free energy. I guess is what's well, going on. Well, I think on. you overdid it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, no, Sierra Sil, completely natural mineral supplement. Both Frank and I use it. Keep ourselves well. When he's singing and dancing and prancing around the studio, he's not whining about his creaky knees or his sore shoulders. And this is a guy who's still unpacking boxes. I, on the other hand, am strictly doing a lot of gardening at this point and like to do it as free of pain as possible, and Sierra Sill does make a difference. For more information, give them a call, one joint 14 Check them on the web, sierrasill.ca, or you can pick up Sierra Sill at many natural 
health food stores like Noah's Natural Foods at Eglinton and Young and St. Clair and Young and on Bloor Street in Toronto. S I E R R A S I L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And as Jackie Gleason used to say on his show many moons ago, <laughs> and away we go. <laughs> oh, you're yeah, you're you really did. on a roll today. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Probably prove that. Literally, <laughs> in a moment or so. Anyway, uh, we got to get going here. Enos is calling through uh, from Scarborough. Good morning, Enos. Good morning. Morning. I wanted to ask about tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't turn red this year, and when I picked them green and they've been sitting in the house here, they turn red, but mm-hmm. I cut them open, and they're not red inside. They're white. Oh, wow. What um, variety of tomatoes did you grow, do you know? I had some that were my own seeds that have grown every year, and then the, one, the ones that I bought are yellow ones. Oh, and even the yellow ones are white inside? Yep. Wow. Uh, okay, this was not a great tomato year, unlike last year where we had all that heat and all that sun. Yeah, because this year I haven't had one nice ripe tomato after that. Yeah, the I, my crop hasn't been as good as I had hoped either. Now my little ones, my little sweet 100s or sweet millions. They're okay. Oh, gosh, I've got bushel yeah. baskets of those. But the big ones, you're right. We, it's because it was so cold in the spring. Remember, the soil was cold. It stayed cold. It was, when did we plant, you know, you never want to plant tomatoes into well, cold I soil. Well, I was late. Yeah, so we were we really had to wait till June, and then we just didn't yeah. get the real, real heat I values. I always them in June. Good. So um, the bringing them in green because you were worried about frost makes sense. And, of course, you wrapped well, each the of the... Well, the plants themselves died. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they're... They, okay, and again, with all that moisture and hu- uh, humidity and But, fungal, you know, actually in Scarborough, we, at this area where we live, mm-hmm. we did not get much rain. Okay, but still, the, there's some blight is what killed the plants. And once yeah. the plants die, then you're right. You just get whatever fruit off that you can. If they are green, I wrap them in newspaper, uh, just individual plant or individual fruits in the in the newspaper, and then they'll start to ripen up inside. Yeah, yeah. And then I just put them on a window yeah, ledge. But one was beautifully red, and I thought, oh, finally, I get yeah. a good tomato. And no. was it soft or hard when you cut into it? Yeah. Was it hard, the, the fruit yeah, still, or yeah, was it soft? Yeah. I mean, sometimes they'll turn color, but you still have to let them sit a little longer. Or it might just be that, it, you know, it wasn't a good year. I don't think, I, don't blame yourself. It was a lot to do with the kind of long spring, like long winter that we had and short summer. Yeah, uh, yeah. And even if there wasn't a lot of rain, you know, that's part of what we have to do is keep consistent moisture on our vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had water if there wasn't a lot of rain, but it still wasn't really hot. And, and moisture, yeah. Tomatoes yeah. love the heat. Yeah. And it was such a weird summer because when I think back, I only seen one monarch butterfly, mm-hmm. and we used to have around the butterfly bush, you know, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. I know. One one dragonfly, yeah. one ladybug. Yeah. I mean, what's happening? I know there's a lot fewer insects this year. I noticed that too. Yeah. Even the bees, right? A lot fewer bees. So what's well, happening? Well, I had, and you know on what? It's the blue spirea. Mm-hmm. You had lots of bees it's on that. It's called the uh, bluebeard. Uh-huh. And there I had dozens and dozens of uh, bumblebees. 
Oh, well, that's good. I mean, it actually is good. But, yeah, there's a lot going on around talking about the lowering of the insect population, and I think that's something we will address as we get into it. But uh, thanks so much for your call, Ines. Thank I appreciate you. it. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk to you again, I'm yes, sure. We will. Uh, Dan is calling in from Brampton, and from a little note that our good friend James has put up on the monitor here, seems that Dan is a first-time caller. Hey, there you go. Good morning. Was that quite loud? <laughs> yes. Gosh. Hi, hi Charlie. <laughs> hi, Dan. Hi. Uh, I have a question. Mm-hmm. I have I have a honey locust tree, mm-hmm. which is a 24-inch circumference, and it sits between the sidewalk and the curb. Mm-hmm. And last week, uh, somebody drove a 2013 mm-hmm. Camaro into it yep. and totaled the Camaro. They hit it really fast. Mm-hmm. And so half the circumference of the of the tree, the bark is missing for about 10 inches high. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was on the Internet, and I saw this uh, bridge grafting, so I tr- I've done that. Mm. And uh, I'm just wondering, for the winter, since it's close to the road, do I need to wrap it in burlap to protect it from salt or anything like that? Or What, do, what um, direction does the broken bit face? Like what, south or north or east or west? Oh, it's facing north. North. Interesting that you. So you did bridge grafting. Good for you. Yeah, I, I did that, and then I, I, I guess at a nursery they had some uh, green uh, artificial bark paint that I painted on it as well. All right. So now just leave it alone then. Leave it alone. Oh, the ma- the, okay. What the way it works? It's kind of like us when we get a, you know a, um, a wound in our skin, we scab, right? If and yeah. when, mm-hmm. when we're healthy, we scab and we heal more quickly than when we're not healthy and that's what it'll come down to is the actual vigor within the tree has the tree been fairly healthy up to this point uh it's it's always been a little bit distressed where it's where it's where it's planted yeah so close to the road the one thing you could consider doing and you would you would do it now would be to deep root feed that plant oh okay okay have you ever heard of a ross root feeder yeah, that's the thing you poke into the ground and has little tablets. Exactly. Yes, and yes. you don't okay. happen to own such a thing, do you? No, I don't, no. They do. I think my dad still has one. There you go. See, I got one from my dad. <laughs> Our dads were much smarter than us, I think. So, yes, you go and you borrow it from your dad, and you can pick up the, the actual, if your dad doesn't have any fertilizer, pick up some fertilizer, Home Depot sells it, Canadian Tire sells it, and okay. it is a tablet, and you will go around the circle, like you go to the drip line of the tree. So you go out to right, the yeah. tips of the, where all the branches are. Of course, part of that's going to be over the road, so you're not going to be able to do anything there. Yeah, yeah. But where you can insert the probe into the ground with fertilizer tablet in the in the little reservoir you'll go around and you will um oh it's about a four foot gap between each insertion all the way around Mm -hmm. whatever you know wherever you can get it in there and now is a perfect time to do it because if you get that fertilizer in there now it will be there first thing in the spring and the tree will access it first thing in the spring and it'll be it'll just give it a really good start in the spring because what's going on with that wound is it's got to do it put a lot of energy into sealing that wound off and healing it and drying it and so there's energy going into there which is fine you just want to give it a little kick start so it's in good shape next summer Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because I've been watering it like every other day right now. So Okay. Slow watering, deep watering. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do it every other day at this point. I would yeah. try and okay. keep it, a, well, particularly since we are supposed to get some rain. But, you know, even once every five, six days, if it's sunny like it's been, but slow and deep when you're watering. And again, okay. out at the drip line. 
Okay, great. Okay. Let us okay, know how thanks. that works, Dan, because, yeah, it's nothing worse than a beautiful tree getting hurt by a car. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But they do uh-huh. often survive. It's quite amazing. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, thanks Dan. Thanks for your call. Okay, thanks a lot. Okie dokie. Uh, yeah. Here we are on The Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. And uh, how did you do in your – you know what we haven't done is okay. our push-ups with our fingers yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going you to. You haven't done it. Well, no, I haven't. I've I been haven't doing done. it this whole time. Oh, foof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cover your mouth. Yeah. I'm afraid what you might say, <laughs> Frank. I will use those. Why uh, is Frank doing finger push-ups? Well, you're wondering. Here we go. well uh, there he goes. And the best thing uh, is that he's not wearing his neon uh, suit. My spandex. Spandex and lycra. It's a good thing. I, I'm bringing them back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so seniors who are seeking improved comfort in daily routines like finger push-ups through increased flexibility and mobility may find that Sierra Sil works for them. So Sierra Sil completely natural mineral supplement doesn't work for everybody, but if it's going to work, you'll know it within 14 days of taking three little pills every day. Frank and I both take it in. We just laugh and giggle all the time. No aches, no pains. That's exactly right. I know. So Sierra Sill, more information, check their web. So sierrasill.ca. Give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14. Or pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store like uh, any of the Whole Foods markets, which I see they're building them more and more all the time. So there's a lot of Whole Foods markets out there, and they carry Sierra Sill. S-I-E-R-R-A. S-I-L Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, good morning and in, well, just in time to say a happy Thanksgiving weekend. We're into it right now. Ed from Toronto is on the line and is a first-time caller. Hello, Ed. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Um, I have a problem. I'm a real hibiscus lover, Mm -hmm. and I have about eight hibiscus plants. I bring them in every year. I wash them down with with soap and water, and I still get all sorts of aphids several times during the year. In fact, last year I got so angry that I put them out uh, (laughs) when it was freezing up the most for about 20 minutes. (laughs) That'll teach them. Did it work? (laughs) I also lost, uh, one time it worked not lost all the leaves, though they did finally come back. Yeah, hibiscus are pretty tough plants, but there it's all. Is it always aphids that keep sort of waking up on the plant? You're yeah. sure it's aphids? Um, well, yeah, they're the little white tiny um, bugs. What else could they be? Well, do they have wings? Do they fly? Yes, they do. And they're white. Yes, they're not aphids. They're actually called white fly. Oh, okay. And whitefly is a, similar to an aphid in the sense that it's a sucking insect, and it sucks the juices from actually from beneath the leaves. So underneath the leaves is right. where they lay their eggs, and typically where you'll find the flying uh, adults as well. Um, they yes, they can be a real problem. I, I rarely have I gone through an entire winter without whitefly waking up on my hibiscus as well. Um, do so. You said you give them a thorough wash down. Now, when you're washing with soap and water, you're washing the undersides. The top sides of the leaves, all the bark, the stems, the branches, right? Till it's right. Really... In fact, I was even thinking, should I take them right out of the earth and wash 
and just wash the roots as well and put plant new earth in. I mean, I, I'm so frustrated with them. You could. I mean, I, it's a it's a bit shocking on a plant to do that in the fall. But again, hibiscus are such tough plants. You could probably do that and, and they would suffer no ill effects. One thing I sometimes will do is I will immerse the entire pot into the, the soil, <clears throat> the root ball, right into a big bucket of water, a big tub of water, so that the pot is right underneath the water and hold it down there till all the air bubbles have come out and anything that's in there you know gets out mm-hmm. pretty quick if it's a you know an earwig or a you know sow bug they get out pretty quick it will also really facilitate a cleansing of the soil any salt buildup any eggs of any insects that might have be might be tucked in there that will also they will be eliminated as well so i, f- I find that yes. that can make a difference did you say that yesterday and i wasn't sure when you said immerse the entire mm-hmm. uh, uh, mm-hmm. pot mm-hmm. So obviously you bring it out you let it drain that's right and yeah. and, and um uh, but basically, then there's roofing. You know about these white, so you call them white flies. What, what is an aphid? Then? What is the what? Sorry. What is an aphid? Oh, an aphid. You rarely see aphids flying. They they are just a completely different insect. They have the similar um, eating methodology where they suck juices. But when we find aphids on a plant, we'll always find them on the growing tip, so the smallest, most tender leaves, and they'll all cluster together on the, the newest growth. Uh, they come in every color of the rainbow. When they are full, like they start as little tiny insects that suck the juices and then their little bodies become like balloons. They just blow right up with all this liquid. If you get out a magnifying glass, you can see their bodies become so round that their little legs are waving up in the air <laughs> because their feet can't touch the ground anymore. Oh and their little mouth parts are still inserted into the plant and their little bodies are like balloons and their little legs are flying around. They're the craziest little insects. <clears throat> and they can be squirrels quite easily. Um, the problem with white fly is that they fly, right? Yeah. So it's one thing to get a, a slow-moving insect and squish it. It's another thing to get something that's flying every time you touch the plant. Well, so, I notice, because um, I'll take my hibiscus, if they've got them, I'll take them uh, out of the room. Mm-hmm. I have other plants. They never seem to land on mm-hmm. the other plants. They don't like the other plants. That's they right. They just like the They like the hibiscus. It, they like the taste. It's sweeter than the average plant. One other thing you might want to try is there's a, a an item that you can find at a garden center or a home store called Sticky Sticks. So sticky, like sticky, S-T-I-C-K-Y, right. and then sticks, S-T-I-X. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a just a little, it's like a fly paper idea, but it's bright yellow, and it does attract flying insects into it. They, and you buy these little sticky sticks, you stick them in the soil around the, the pot, and you'll catch all kinds of little flying white flies or whatever in there. Again, it'll lower the population once it starts to uh, arrive. So something to really watch for uh, in the... It, also, one other thing is humidity. Do everything you can to keep humidity up through the winter when your furnace comes on. Okay. And, and again, that will slow down white fly populations. So okay, well, listen, thank you very much for misting. your trouble. appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, and good luck with that. I know. They're, white fly is well, very frustrating. <laughs> thank you, Ed. Okay. <laughs> thank All you. Right. Happy, Thanks happy for Thanksgiving from uh, the both of us, well, three of us here. Yeah, exactly. Considering James, you know... Part of the terrific trio. All righty. Oh, you know, you know, we've got a special guest we on the do. line. We do. I'm just going to tell uh-huh. you who she is. Liz oh, Primo. You've never met her, Frank, so I'm going to introduce you. All right. Liz is the founding editor of Canadian Gardening Magazine. That was a long, long time ago. She was the star of Canadian Gardening Television when there was a little gardening in home and garden television. She's author of several books, including her latest, 
In Pursuit of Garlic, an intimate look at the divinely odorous bulb. So Liz joins us. Good morning, Liz. Hi, how are you this morning, Charlie? Beautiful day. Excellent. It's another beautiful day. Here, another beautiful day, that's right. Can't complain about the beautiful days and the no. good, good weather for gardening. This is Frank Proctor. I just want to introduce you. Hi, Hi Liz. You, Frank. I am well, and I love garlic. <laughs> oh, good, don't we all? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Uh, well, and we love garlic. For, and why do you love garlic, Frank? Tell us. My favorite meal, and that's what it's called at home, my favorite meal, Frank's favorite meal. Yeah. It's spaghetti with butter and some Worcester sauce and garlic, and mm. oh, is it good. <laughs> uh, butter, I've garlic. I've never had it with Worcester oh, sauce. Oh, and, and a little cubed <laughs> steak. A little oh, bit of right. cube steak in there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Frankie's favorite delish. meal. Yeah. Frankie's but the garlic's got to be there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and so so tell us about, so what got you so interested in garlic, Liz? Oh, well, I've been eating it since I was about 17. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I didn't realize you could grow it here. Mm-hmm. I always figured it was a tropical thing, right. silly me. Exotic, yeah. Yes, exotic, exactly. And, uh, and then a friend of mine gave me some, um, some bulbs some um, cloves to mm-hmm. plant one year, and I said, oh my gosh, can I do this? Mm-hmm. So I planted them and found it was the easiest thing in the world to grow, mm-hmm. and I've been growing garlic ever since. And I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat. I, I had no idea garlic was going to be as easy to grow as it is. Yeah. And, okay, so here we are, beautiful sunny day in October. Mm-hmm. Would this be a good time to start planting? Yes, now is the perfect time. Right. Um, Mid-October to mm-hmm. mid-November, uh, just like a tulip. You right. plant garlic like tulips. And you put it in the ground the same way, only not as deep. You mm-hmm. plant it about two or three inches deep. Right. Pointy uh, so end up. Not yeah. the bulb, not the whole bulb. Right, break. Separate the, the bulb yeah. into cloves. And pointy end up, mm-hmm. just like you do with a tulip. Uh, cover it with soil. Um, put some mulch on it. A lot of gardeners put mulch on. Uh, a lot of growers recommend putting mulch on. I do and I don't. It depends if I have mulch available. Right. They, they're fine either way. And just leave them. Leave them for the winter, the next spring. You'll have these little shoots coming up, and you probably will have forgotten what they are. That's oh, my right. gosh, what's that? Green, a little green. looks like onions when it comes up. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, of course, they're in the Allium family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, garlic and onions and, and Alliums. Yeah, uh, right. They're the all... regular decorative Allium are all in the same family. Cousins, yeah. Then you just... Um, Leave them to grow. Uh, make sure they have sun when you plant them. Don't mm-hmm. plant them in an area where you've got a lot of other tall things. I don't have a vegetable garden because I grow nothing but flowers and ornamentals. Mm-hmm. But I tuck mine in among the ground covers. Like I, I plant them where where I'm growing thyme or something that's right. growing very, very low so that it won't shade the plant. And obviously, like you say, in a sunny spot as well, where time would naturally grow. Yes, right. exactly. And exactly. well-drained soil, right? We've got to make sure it's not like a soggy spot or a low spot no, in the garden. Um, no, no, not soggy. Just, a, you know, a regular yeah. good gardening yeah. site with yeah. sun and decent soil. It doesn't need extra special soil. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mind extra special <laughs> soil. But, Gets that but much it doesn't need it, you yeah. know. And then you just um, you let them grow in the uh, next spring, and they... In about June, you'll see if it's a hardneck garlic, which is basically what we grow here, is hardneck garlic. That's the one that has the long spike that comes up. It looks like a flower stem. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it has an, an umbel at the end, which holds some little sterile flowers um, and bulbils, which right. look like little tiny 
uh, garlic clothes. Oh, microscopic ones. And that's very small. And the yeah. flower, you can notice the flower because it always, it almost gets that bit of a gooseneck look oh, to it. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, so we've I got I love this, it in the garden. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, but it should be cut off. That's right. If you leave it, it'll yeah. take away energy from that it clove does. underground. Yeah. Although there is argument about that too, but nevertheless, <laughs> I cut mine off yeah. because they're good to eat. Exactly. They're delicious. Yeah. yeah. Salad, and you can stir cut fry. them and... I keep mine in the fridge. I just put them in a plastic bag, and they'll keep in the crisper for like three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're good. Um, it's called Escape. Mm-hmm. It's called Escape. Exactly. I should bring some for Frank next year because he loves garlic. They taste just like garlic, but it looks a, it's like a little piece of green stem with a little kind of a bulb on the end of it, but it oh, tastes neat. like garlic. Okay. And it's the flower. Yeah. And like, like Liz said, it's yeah, June maybe when you see those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, middle of June, thereabouts. So when you take that off, then your the garlic is going to continue to grow until about the end of July, and then you notice that the leaves start to brown. Right. And when the leaves are about half brown, that's the time to harvest the garlic. Right. At that point, the garlic is going to the bulb is going to have grown as big as it's going to. Yeah. If you leave it in the ground too long, hoping that you're going to get a Bigger. A bigger bulb, um, they're just going to split. Right. And they'll split into separate cloves, which, of course, is nature's way of propagating itself because each of those cloves a will new grow plant. into another plant right. next year. And, and they're fine. I mean, they're, mm. they're fine to eat. They just won't store that long once they've split. Right. Good point. Yeah, so those, if you leave them too long and you dig them up, because I actually did that this year. I left some too long yeah. and they, they're I slightly too, open. But yeah. they're the ones that I'll use for my replanting. Yes, you can do that, right. um, although sometimes when they split, some of the skin has broken off. All right. So that makes them maybe less desirable than a, than a full clove that you separate uh, or a full bulb point. that you separate. Because you want that papery tunic or coating to be intact it's when intact, you plant. Exactly, because uh, disease can get in, you know, right. through dampness and so on. You know, I mm. think the hardest part about growing garlic is actually storing it because mm. it needs to have... It needs to have, like, your, your grandma's cold cellar. Right. It wish I had a, one of those. A root cellar, yeah. A root cellar, yeah. yeah. Um, it needs about 15 degrees centigrade um, in, in a, you know... Um, Dark, probably. In a, in a place. You know, my, the best place in my house to store them is in my bedroom closet. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the coldest place in the house. But, you know, you just you let them cure for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks after you've um, harvested them and then cut off the, the long um, stem end mm-hmm. and uh, store them, clean off the dirt, of course. Mm-hmm. And I store them in uh, mesh bags, like right. old onion bags. Yeah. In my bedroom closet. So, yeah, air <laughs> circulation and cool temperature, but not refrigerator cool, because that's no, too cool, never put right? No, in the refrigerator, right. like tomatoes and bananas. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so that's the how-to. That's the synopsis on how to grow garlic. But it's so interesting. The book you wrote that I, I mentioned the title of, it's got a big, long title, In Pursuit of Garlic, An Intimate Look at the Divinely Odorous Bulb. You've gone into the history, the the anthropology, the uh-huh. culture, the just you've gone way back, 10,000 years. You've got recipes in here. You've got quotes from Shakespeare and all kinds of people all about garlic. I mean, garlic has been all over the world for a very long time. That's it. It's been around for at least 10,000 years. You can trace it back that far uh, to the caves of Neolithic man. And they used it for food because it stored so well over the winter. They had a cold cellar. They had a cold cellar. (laughs) Lucky them, eh? Exactly. (laughs) And it's been used for many, many things, uh, 
to um, preserve uh, health, uh, to protect against disease, <clears throat> excuse me, to give strength. The Romans used to, if they, actually they were issued a couple of garlic cloves a day, the Roman soldiers mm-hmm. and sailors, because it, it helped to make to keep them strong. Right. Pyramid builders, too, were uh, issued garlic mm-hmm. to keep them strong, as well as radishes and onions, too. That's great. So it's had many, many uses. In fact, it's been used as a glue in medieval times. It was used as, you know, we all know garlic's a bit Stick, sticky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, so it's been used as a glue for to stick um, <laughs> gold and silver on frames and furniture. You know, gold yeah. leaf and silver leaf. Mm-hmm. It, it's been used as an aphrodisiac. Yeah, exactly. How about that? And even to ward off vampires. Yeah, and to, oh, well. Oh, to protect course. people. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no vampires in my house. Oh, there you that's Not in your bedroom closet, anyway. No, that's true. <laughs> all no, right. It's been used for many, many things. And, of course, for health reasons, yeah. too. Because there's a lot, as you point out in the book, and I think we've all been hearing a little bit about some of the research and scientific study mm-hmm. that's going on with garlic and learning more about why it's so therapeutic, what what well, it really is all about. Yeah, it's odd because, you know, around, oh, say, the late uh, late 19th century, um, garlic kind of fell out of favor. It, it was considered an, an old wives' cure, mm. uh, and although people had been using it, um, hmm. For many, many years, for many centuries, for colds and all kinds of things like that, including the aphrodisiac. Um, But um, by about the 20th, beginning of the 20th century, um, it stopped, it fell out of favor. It was no longer considered um, anything modern. And of course, once we got, you know, the modern miracle drugs, nobody ever thought of garlic. And yet, I mean, you hear so many people say that when they feel a cold coming on, they'll eat a clove of garlic. They'll chew, chow down on a, on a raw clove of garlic and the cold won't happen. Okay, so tell me, what's your favorite cold remedy? <laughs> One a friend gave to me. It's, it's wonderful. It's so easy. It's uh, seven cloves of garlic yeah. uh, in a cup. It sounds like a lot of garlic. In a cup of chicken soup. So we've got these two health-giving properties, chicken mm-hmm. soup mm-hmm. And, um, and garlic. And you mash up the garlic uh, boil it in the in the uh, chicken stock for well until it's tender, mm-hmm. and then take a little hand blender, mm-hmm. and uh, I think everyone has one of those in their cupboard, yeah, and blend it. It gets nice and creamy. Add some salt, of course, and just drink it hot. It's ready in like fifteen or twenty minutes, and I tell you, it's delicious. Wow! If, and probably you feel like a million bucks afterwards. Well, of course you do, and you 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 smell like a million. Bucks. I know, and nobody <laughs> nobody comes close to you. Oh no. no. And that's so why you can't we spread your cold. And that's how you don't get any more germs, right? Nobody comes exactly. Close. You got it. <laughs> oh, this is great, Liz. No, there's so much to talk about. I just think this is a great topic. And oh, we could go on to the end of your show. I know like. we could. So people can learn more, obviously, from you from your website. So lizprimo.com. Right. And I will spell that for everybody. L I Z. Not all. <laughs> yeah, French primo way. is exactly the French way. P R I M E A U dot com. And you also sent me to an interesting website that I did watch the segment on garlic. The website is deconstructing dinner. Yes. Dot I channel dot C A. And right. it is web TV, it's web video, mm-hmm. but the deconstructing dinner is getting right down into the nitty gritty about uh, bread, eggs 
garlic is mm-hmm. is one episode I looked at, and it's tomatoes, it's very well pork. done. Tomatoes, exactly. So if anybody has some time, and you know it's going to rain tomorrow, and you need something to do, go to deconstructingdinner.ichannel.ca, and you will learn all kinds of neat stuff. So that's right, and there's a lot of, about garlic on that, and mm-hmm. I'm there in full color. I know you're great. <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks so much, Liz. And, you're uh, welcome. It was uh, wonderful. Delightful really listening thanks. to you, Liz. Thank you so much for all oh, the uh, neat you're tips. More than welcome. And your book is available at all the major bookstores you mentioned as well. Yes, um, chapters and Amazon. They'll order it for you. It's also available online, of course, Amazon and and all those places. Excellent. Thanks, Liz. Have a you're wonderful welcome. Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy the turkey with garlic. Garlic mash. You put garlic in your dressing, I hope. Uh, a little bit, but most of the garlic goes into the mashed potatoes. Yes, I. Agree. <laughs> Uh, but we boil the good. garlic and the potatoes together and then mm-hmm. mash them all together. And a little roasted garlic Delicious. on the side isn't a bad idea yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little garlic <laughs> with our garlic. We love yeah. it. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. <laughs> okay. Take Bye care. Now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. A uh, uh, delightful lady. Yes, and, uh, and such an interesting topic. Yeah. I started, like, reading this book, and I couldn't put it down. Elliot came home from work, came home from work really late, and I was lost in this book. And he, he goes, you know, it's like 8.30, like, where's dinner? I go, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm reading this book. I couldn't put it down. <laughs> so, it's going to be garlic. That's what yeah, you're having exactly. for dinner, yeah. We had garlic and hamburgers for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got to take a little bit of a break here, and there have been some folks waiting on the line to have a chat with you, Charlie, and we'll mm-hmm. be back to talk to Ron and John in just a moment here at AM740, Charlie Dobbin, The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Let's say a fond good morning to Ron in Burlington. Hello, Ron. Hi, hi Frank. Good morning. I just wanted to say to chart to Frank, uh, you, you do a great job for a poor radio announcer. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, I wanted to talk about nematodes. Is it, is it too late to apply them? Nematodes? Yeah. Uh, probably. Well, you're in Burlington, so it's always warmer in Burlington. The optimal time was this year was sort of mid-September. So it's now mid-October. Uh, if are you seeing damage from grubs now? A little, just a little, just a little. I would tend to err on the side of doing it no matter what. You know, if you can get a hold of some nematodes for the grubs at your local garden center, follow the instructions, get them on today if you can, okay. uh, or tomorrow morning because it is supposed to rain. And, of course, they should go onto a wet soil. So, you know, you'll need to get your sprinkler out first, then the watering can with the nematodes, and then, you know, pray for rain or, or put a sprinkler out if it doesn't rain afterwards. Um, yeah, better to. You'll be so frustrated next spring if those nem- if those grubs grow up. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Old and frustrated. Old and frustrated, but not poor. Old and frustrated. Not, Thanks not, very much, not like Frank. <laughs> okay, Ron. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> Thank you very much for calling the Garden Show well, with you know, Charlie Dobbin. We get all those calls in the spring about the skunks and the raccoons. Oh, They're ripping yeah. my lawn up. So yeah. now is the time. Control it is. Control the grubs. Get out there, those nematodes. Let them work. <laughs> hey, John in Mississauga, welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. First of all, I uh, I was amazed to listen to Liz regarding garlic because I grow garlic. Uh-huh. 
Um, as a matter of fact, that's uh, my question going to be regarding uh, preparing the bed for the garlic. Because oh, okay. what I do, I keep it in the same place. But what I do, I transfer, which is a big job. I transfer the soil from one end to the other of my garden. Good idea. And then what I did, uh, child, and this is like I want to ask you whether um, I went to maybe around eight foot and I mean sorry, eight inches to ten inches deep. Mm -hmm. So I, I took all the soil from there, mm -hmm. put it in containers, and then uh, move it from another direction, pick up the soil from other side. That's a lot but of work. I buried a lot of apples and uh, and carrots, uh, um, you know, leftovers. Is that a good idea to put all uh, these apples underneath? Um, they will decompose and add great organic matter. So it's like putting them in the composter, right, when you put uh -huh. them in the garden. But I wouldn't be planting my garlic where you've got a lot of apples and carrots buried. No way. Eh? Right. No, I wouldn't. You know why? Because, number one, they're going to add a lot of moisture down deep, which might cause your garlic to rot. The other thing is, is that you're going to get a lot of microbial activity happening where those apples and carrots are buried. And again, you don't want a whole bunch of action around your garlic. You want, your, you want to plant your garlic. You want some roots to go out very quickly this fall. And you want it to just, you know, go to sleep and enjoy the winter that's coming. You don't want a lot of action around it. Uh, because, like I said, I have two apple trees, and this year mm -hmm. they, they did, you know, I had a lot of fruit, mm -hmm. but they, they stayed small because how much I'm going to, you know, thin and pinch, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. it's, I have one uh, standard tree, but so what I do, I, I bury it underneath, my, uh, underneath my, gar my, uh, my garden. Yeah, that's fine. So... So it's not a good idea that I put it underneath the garlic bed. I think not. I mean, certainly, there's, if the apples and things are down 18 inches deep and you're planting your garlic at 2 inches deep, it's probably not a big deal, as long as those apples and things are down deep enough. Because remember that the, the garlic planted at 2 inches is going to start to put some roots down and isn't going to get down to 18 inches at, maybe ever. And if it does, it'll be next you know, June by the time the roots are down there and by that time the apples are long gone. Yeah, well, that's what I yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if they're deep if I, enough, no worries. Yeah. If I may make um, um, not a suggestion, but uh, when Liz was talking about the scapes, mm -hmm. um, what we do, uh, my wife and, and, well, my wife mostly anyway, um, we cut, we cut the, the flower mm -hmm. and then we pickle it. Oh, yeah, I've seen oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. George. Oh, Frank? Yeah. Like, if I see you, I'll, I'll prepare you a job, but I don't know where you live. Oh. Uh, uh, well, he's in Toronto I now. live right downtown. Right, well. Well, but, I'm in Mississauga, my friend. Oh, well, hey, that's, I get out that way sometimes, so. Well, okay, but, so, you, but. So I'll call, I'll call you at the station. <laughs> yeah, you give me, <laughs> you give sweet. me a call during the show. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm back again at 2, uh, 2 till 5, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and keep up the good jokes, too. I like your jokes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thank, thank you. you. But, you know, but you know what else? I was going to say the Zoomer show is a, um, a consumer show yeah. down at the Direct Energy Center, which is spitting distance from where we are right now, Exhibition Place, is two weeks from today. Uh, it'll be on, I believe, all day Saturday and mm -hmm. Sunday. But I'm going to go there myself two weeks from today on the Saturday after the show. And maybe, Frank, you'll be able to join me maybe for an I hour can, or yeah. two. I and, you know, if John wants to bring some pickled yeah. garden escapes, that, that, um, that sounds on that good. website, that deconstructingdinner.ichannel.ca, mm -hmm. the garlic episode, they show you uh, jars and jars of pickled scapes. Yep. Yummy. Well, as the uh, butcher said as he backed into the 
bacon slicers. Gee, I'm getting a little behind in my work. Uh, <laughs> and we have to take a little bit of a break here. Come right back and have a chat with Jane from Blue Water. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And on this Hank at Happy Thanksgiving weekend. I couldn't get that out. I can see that. Yeah, I'm a poor radio announcer. Must <laughs> there be. you go. Let's welcome Jane to the line here from Blue Water. Good morning, Jane. Two minutes, so we'll have to go quickly. Good morning, Jane. I knew it was going to be quick, Charlie. Yeah, thanks. It's <laughs> um, just in relation to the conversation, wonderful conversation, I must say, Thank on you. garlic. I inherited a bumper crop of what appears to be called red German garlic Mm -hmm. from the previous owner of of my home Mm -hmm. and it what i guess the gentleman was referring to as the flower if you leave the scape on Mm -hmm. it produces this um head of tiny garlic uh bulbs really buds i guess you'd call them well they're actually baby bulbs yeah yes and what a uh a european lady told me about them when i showed them to her she said if you cut those off and freeze them, mm-hmm. you can put them in your soups and mm-hmm. your stews yeah. all through the winter time, and it will give you the freshest uh, garlic flavor. So I've been doing that, and it is a wonderful source of garlic in the winter time. Yeah. So you see, so John, just our last caller, mm-hmm. he pickles the scapes because he has that many. Uh, I Liz, heard that. Too, and Liz, they were doing. yeah, commented that she just bags them and holds them in the fridge and uses them for the first few weeks. And of course, you're freezing them. So those little scapes are are just magical. I mean, you can use those year round, various ways of preserving them. Exactly. Good for you. Enjoying it. All right. Oh, that's great. Well, thank, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad so many people are enjoying their garlic. This is great. This is a lot yeah. of fun. All right. Have a happy Thanks for sharing. And the same to you. And thank you, you Liz. Bye, uh, Jane, pardon me. Uh, you know, there's one person hanging on the line here that we won't be able to get to, but uh, James, would you uh, just check in with Judy from Georgetown, get her phone number, and we'll call her and have her on the show first caller for next week. How's that? So we don't... And she's been hanging on that line for about yeah, five minutes. So true. there you go. But we just ran out of a racetrack. We did. I just, yeah. Where does the time go? When you're having fun. It's just yeah. too much fun. So, uh, all right, what's your plan? You got a big turkey in the oven or what? Uh, no. Uh, actually, uh, we're going out with friends tomorrow. They're taking us out to dinner. Nice. Uh, Dine I, yeah. And then on uh, Monday... Di has something planned. It's not turkey because she knows that the kids are going to be, you know, turkeyed out. I never turkeyed out. I love turkey. I would eat turkey every day. Well, we got, and I can't remember. I've got the shopping list in my wallet, oh, and I whatever. can't remember what you're was buying. On it, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we, we are doing the big turkey down at my brother's house tomorrow, and I'm on pie duty because I always do the pie, pumpkin pies, and the garlic mash. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, weird time Thanksgiving. Sitting around a table and turn to the person next to you and say, How's your bird? uh, Weird. Weird, yeah. Yeah. And my mom does the best stuffing in the world, but it's a top-secret recipe, so I can't share that with anybody. So, listen, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your holiday Monday. And and, you uh, too. Get out in the garden. Get that garlic planted. Thanks, everybody, for all your great calls. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.